This is a story from the land of Nod. Hi, my name is Annie and I create everything that you see and hear here at Land of Nod. If you would like to support the work that I do, please consider going to patreon.com forward slash land of Nod learning. Thank you. The Song of Beowulf Long, long ago, most people assumed that monsters were actually real. Although they came in all shapes and sizes, monsters usually had two things in common. They were awful to look at, and they were very, very fond of gobbling up humans. Like Grendel, the creature in this story, these creatures often seemed to be part animal, part human, but mostly monster. The lands of King Rothgar, the Dane, lay at the edge of the barren moorlands whose windswept ridges echoed with the howling of wolves, the moaning of winds and the rushing of water. Few people ranged this desolate country, but huntsmen and wandering shepherds, and of those who ventured thither, many never returned. This was the home of the monster Grendel, who preyed on beasts and men. Some, lying close and concealed, had seen him pass in the moonlight with an aged old witch creeping at his heels. They spoke of his shaggy form, resembling a huge clumsy man, of his fingers like iron claws, of his rolling eyes and hideous face, a swollen purplish red. Down on the coastal plain, the great hall of Rothgar shone like a golden sun. Its high roof was a landmark for chieftains in many an inlet. The paved road leading to its doorway was set with golden stones. Gold shone along the tables and on the splendid hangings which adorned the walls. The trunk of a whole tree burned in its central heap, sending its smoke curling up to the high vents in the roof past timbers brightly painted and as yet hardly dimmed by soot. Great tubs of drink and tables of food stood ready for feasting, and when the torches were lit, the queen herself would serve the nobles, while her women served the rest. Shouting and laughter arose, or in a silence the minstrel would sing of some hero long past. Grendel stood on a little knoll at the foot of the hills one evening, staring at the lights in the valley as he listened to the distant sounds of King Rothgar's feast. Rage and hatred twisted the monster's features. He was waiting until the noises should die and the lights be dimmed. Then he would creep over the pasture and ploughland, past the storehouses, up the paved road, and set his great shoulder to the iron-bound doors. He would burst the bars asunder and fall like a savage bear on the sleepers within, as he had often done before. He stirred impatiently in the darkness, for there was no moon tonight. The feasting was late in Rothgar's hall that night, for guests had come to the king from Sweden. Beowulf, the prince of the Geats, had vowed to destroy the horrible monster who was nightly ravaging Rothgar's hall. His ship had been put in the harbour that day, and now he sat in the high seat of honour while the queen herself served him. Welcome, brave guest, she said to him. 
It is a great deed of valor that you have sworn to do. None of our men can slay this monster who haunts us, so that now it is death to sleep in our hall. No sword will pierce him, agreed the aged king Rothgar. No armor avails against his claws of steel. He is far taller than human and stronger than three men. There is no hero in Denmark who can rid us of this fearful demon. As Beowulf lifted his horn, the light shone on his armor of linked mail. He tilted his red head back as he drank, then set down the horn and turned to his host with a smile. If weapons avail me nothing, I will slay this monster with my bare hands or die trying, said he. Old King Rothgar looked at the huge young man, wondering at his courage as he replied, Many a one has sworn over the ale cup that he would kill Grendel. The floor beneath our rushes is red with the blood of these heroes, until it seems to me there are no warriors left in Denmark to equal those who have gone. I am old now, and I have seen too much. Yet I will not dissuade you, for I think you are the strongest man that my eyes have ever beheld. King Rothgar drank to his guest, and his men pledged Beowulf's men. Red firelight gleamed on bright helmets, on golden cheek guards, on rows of shields by the entrance, on long spears tipped with iron. Servants bore fresh drink to the tables, while talk and laughter went round. It was late when the king grew weary, but at last he rose. I shall bid you good night, strangers, he said. I am old now, but great warriors have served me. I give you my word that no men but my own have ever guarded my hall until now. Beowulf took off his sword and stripped himself of his armour without which his huge back and arms looked gigantic. Spread bedding for my men, he cried to the servants. They will wait for the monster with their weapons beside them, but I will face him barehanded as I am. Men brought out beds and bolsters, and Beowulf's followers laid their shields at their heads, their helmets on the bench above them, and their long spears against the wall. Torches were dimmed, and soon the only sounds were of heavy breathing or the tossing of restless men. Out on the hillside the monster stirred as the lights went out. With a rolling gait like a bear on his hind legs, he moved out of the thickets into the pasture land. Beowulf lay wakeful, listening. Boards creaked now and then. The glowing fire crackled. Wind rustled the hangings. But outside he could hear no noise. Suddenly, with a mighty crash, the door burst inward and a shaggy form stood in the entrance, filling it from side to side. For a moment, Grendel surveyed the hall, which was dimly lighted by the embers of the fire. Then, with a snarl, he leaped on one man so quickly that no one had time to prevent him. The victim gave a loud cry. Beowulf lay still in his place, waiting for his time. The others, too, were quiet, waiting for their movement of their chief. Grendel stood up and paused once more as his eyes went round the room. Quickly, Beowulf made a slight motion. The monster saw it and leaped across the floor with a single bound to fall on the hero, with his iron claws reaching towards Beowulf's throat. Beowulf scrambled up on one knee. His hands shot out, 
caught her hairy arm by the wrist and twisted it sideways. With a fearful crash, the monster pitched headfirst onto the floor. Beowulf leaped on his back, still holding the arm. Grendel kicked and lashed out, and a bench went flying. He staggered up and whirled to dash his enemy into a pillar. Beowulf kicked in his turn, and the fiend went thudding against the wall. Boards cracked, shields clattered to the floor, and a hanging sword fell upon Grendel's back, glancing off his iron hide as though he wore chain armour. With a howl, the monster threw himself to the ground and rolled to dislodge his adversary. But Beowulf clung the tighter, and the two went tumbling over tables, over and over, tearing at the hangings on the wall, kicking and clawing. Men sprang to Beowulf's aid, but so dark was the room and so mad was the struggle that no one dared to strike in case he should wound his master. At last, the two rolled into the centre of the floor and Grendel's cheek fell upon the burning coals of the fire. With that horrible cry, he leaped up and shook the hero from his back, though he could not free his arm completely. Now Grendel's iron claws might have torn at his enemy if he had thought to use them. But he was bewildered by the pain of the fire and terrified by the mighty grip which held him. He had no idea but that of running away. Then followed a fierce tug of war down the length of the hallway to the door. There Beowulf braced his foot behind the door jam and stood immovable, while Grendel, half in the open, pulled with all his strength. Beowulf twisted the monster's arm savagely, and the monster screamed. The hero pulled mightily with a rending sound, and the monster screamed some more. He fled moaning into the night, while Beowulf tumbled backward with a grisly trophy of the monster's hair pressed close against his chest. When the sun was up the next morning, great blood-stained tracks could be seen marking the path of Grendel's flight. Horsemen followed them, rejoicing far into the hills. Rothgar smiled on the wreck and ruin in his hall as he gave orders to replace the torn hangings, to set up the benches and renew the iron bands of the doorway. High over the door hang the monstrous clump of Grendel's hair, and the trackers saluted with joyful shouts as they came galloping back from the hills. The monster was dead. The feast that night in Rothgar's hall was more glorious than ever. To Beowulf the king gave horses, a saddle set with jewels, a helmet and a breastplate inlaid with gold. The queen came forth in state to bring Beowulf drink and to offer her own gifts, a coat of linked mail and a bright jewelled collar. Men drank to the health of Beowulf's followers and the king bestowed on them rings of gold. The minstrel sang a song of the heroes of old, but when he had ended, those next to him cried, Sing us tomorrow a song of Beowulf. His deeds must be remembered among us for as long as this hall shall stand. And so was written the song of Beowulf. The End